if there is a group of teenagers, and when I say teenagers, I mean like 11 and up, right? I mean like ki- like children. If there is a group of teenagers on the sidewalk, on the same sidewalk that I am walking on, I will cross the street. They're feral animals. They are. They scare me. I see something like that in my backyard. I get the hose. <laughs> that's just that's just a part of the rave, man. Yeah, turn the hose on. Woo! <laughs> Here at foreground. <laughs> hose club. Hose before bros. The hose. The hose would also be a good name for a club. The hose. The hose is a great name for a club. Uh, the hose is a good name for a club. I feel like the bucket is a good name for a pub. The mop and bucket. The mop and oh, that's much better. The mop and bucket. The, the mop and bucket is what you're gonna need to go and fetch after a night out on this town, <laughs> out in this club. The mop and you're bucket. You're gonna drink so much you'll throw up on the floor, and we're gonna have to fucking clean it up. Fuck you. <laughs> the mop and bucket is that kind of place that like technically serves food, but it's like a fish and chip deal on thursday night and you've never seen anyone order it <laughs> yeah the, where they're like legally f- meant to have food to be counted as like a, a bar or mm-hmm. something but then it's like a microwave burrito right right yeah there's just like there's one there's no menus anywhere and there's one like chalk drawing, you know what I mean? Like the Starbucks style, like chalk, like today's special is, but today's special has not changed in 30 years. Yeah. There was a game store that opened up in Milwaukee when I lived there and we went and checked it out and they had food, but it would like be like a microwave sandwich. And you would order this and the very bored waitress would take like 20 minutes to bring out your food order <laughs> and that place went out of business after like six months oh so gee <laughs> maybe they should have had better food uh there was a place in placerville after my folks moved there that was just microwaved food so the the whole thing was that you would get that was it's like shtick that was it's shtick yeah 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 so you would like order like i don't know like a like a pot pie right like a chicken pot pie and Fresh, <laughs> they, and they would, would freshly microwave it for you <laughs> that is the most sadly and uniquely american thing i think I've ever it was heard. so it's maybe the most american thing God. i've ever seen what is it called uh i'm trying to remember now um it's not Z pie, although that was right next to it i've been to z pie before actually. yeah z Z pie is all right, but it was like it was like some pies there. It was like on that same street, and it didn't last. (laughs) Yeah, because it's a restaurant that sells microwave food. Right, people just start realizing. Wait, I can get this for cheaper at home. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute, I can go to the dollar store and get the same exact experience. Or at the dollar store, how good could it be? (laughs) (sighs) Oh God! All right. I'm sick of talking about youth. Let's talk about Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about a card game television show. Oh, card game television show. Here we go. Charlie Brown, a Charlie Brown. I can't believe it. She must think I'm the most stupid person alive. 
on, Charlie Brown. I'll hold the ball and you kick it. Hold it? Ha! You'll pull it away and I'll land flat on my back and kill myself. But Charlie Brown! It's time to podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to You Activated My Podcast, the weekly Yu-Gi-Oh! Recap Podcast. I'm Tyler. I'm Jimmy. And this week, we're not talking about Yu-Gi-Oh! Kind of. Sort of. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, we are, but not we really. Uh, this week, we're not doing uh, a regular episode. We have not watched Yu-Gi-Oh! this week, which is kind of nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> if I'm being honest. We just have uh, to talk about the show and not actually watch it. I just needed a break. I just needed a, I just needed a small break as a snack. Um, uh, we're a releasing treat. an episode earlier on in the week because today is American Thanksgiving. I keep having to say American Thanksgiving because I live in England now and nobody knows what I'm talking about if I just say Thanksgiving, apparently. But it's very kind of funny to me, like having to explain Thanksgiving to Europeans because they're like, what, you just go to your family and have a big meal? Then what do you do on Christmas? And we're like, the yeah. same thing? <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. This that Christmas is is the Thanksgiving of Europe. The other thing that I think about a lot with Thanksgiving is that, I mean, it's, it's a fucked up holiday for a variety of reasons, right? It's, oh, yeah. It's fucked up because, like, it's glorifying and celebrating colonization and, like, the, the just horrendous, like, overtaking and, and slaughter of indigenous peoples. And, like, uh... Also, you're sort of like you feel obligated to get together with family that you haven't seen in a year, maybe, and don't like, probably. And first, you're starving, and then you're overstuffed. And if you're anything like my family, you're drinking the whole time. And then you're expected to get along with these people? (laughs) (laughs) And enjoy the whole day? Uh, No, I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm not about it. Not about it. Straining the limits a little bit. Yeah. Um, so, uh, for this week, we're releasing on Thanksgiving Day so that you, the listener, can have a little something that is nice and light to distract you from whatever it is you are doing today. <laughs> we're your family now. <laughs> Hello, it's me, Jimmy, your dad. Say it. Say it. Call me your dad. No, no, that's getting, I'm sorry, that's getting too close to call me daddy. Nope, I don't like it. I don't like it. We're your. I will say that as your dad, I'm proud of you. Oh, that's nice. I want to be, I would much rather be somebody's cool uncle. Being a cool uncle is great. Not that I have any siblings, so I don't actually know anything about being a cool uncle, but I feel (laughs) like it would be great. Because you get to have all the fun of hanging out with a kid and watching them grow up without any of the responsibility. I'm a dog uncle. Does that count? <laughs> a dungle. A d- <laughs> Dunkle Tyler. <laughs> Dunkle Tyler. <laughs> yeah, my, my sister got a dog, so I'm a dog uncle now. <laughs> oh, what's your sister's dog's name? His name is Sir Arthur. Oh, Sir Not Arthur. King Arthur. I don't think he's, re- he's regal enough for that. He's Sir Arthur. <laughs> He hasn't ascended to that level of uh, government. One day, when he pulls the chew toy from the stone. He is a knight, but I I will remind our audience that Dr. Sergeant Pepper is both a doctor and a sergeant. True, true. Dr. Sergeant Pepper, OBE. (laughs) 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> Where was I going with this? Oh, yeah. No. So we're eschewing the usual format of the show. Uh, we're not going to do uh, a, a, a task dungeon. We're not going to do an episode recap. We may have High Commissioner Lauren in later, um, but she is actually busy applying for a job tonight that we're excited oh, about. So, so she's, she's being productive. Um, but we want to give you, the listener, some unproductive time because uh, uh, I, I think, and Jimmy, you can back me up on this, I think our listeners are in two categories right now. Either... They are trying to figure out how to celebrate Thanksgiving safely, uh, and they are stressed because it is difficult to do such things safely, or uh, they are eschewing Thanksgiving, and they are stressed because they're on Twitter and Instagram watching other people try to celebrate Thanksgiving safely, and they're stressed because it's difficult to do such things safely. (laughs) This is the first year in my entire life where I will not be visiting my family for any of the holidays which is weird mm-hmm. yeah it's just a it's just a weird feeling but you know it's a small price to pay for ensuring that i can see them for years in the future exactly exactly so if you're not at home celebrating by yourself safely uh maybe think about doing that and take this podcast with you <laughs> your your dad and cool uncle said it was okay <laughs> your dad and your dunkle <laughs> I'm just gonna add that to the list of potential titles for this episode <laughs> the dad and the dunkle <laughs> is like dunkle a, it sounds like fast and furious I'm so sorry is dunkle spelled with a C or a K <laughs> or both that would be a C I think it would dunkle. be a C dunkle dog uncle uh um yeah so this is gonna be a probably a shorter episode probably a weird episode uh, a little bit uh, a little bit loosey-goosey because we're we're here to have a good time and uh not just loosey but also goosey no no rules just right podcast yeah, steakhouse rip it, rip it baby <laughs> i just popped the top Where's my off fucking my blooming uh, onion <laughs> i just popped the top uh, on a on a can of tango what is that? Orange soda. <laughs> oh, I thought it was, I couldn't see it over your webcam. So I was like, is that a second beer that you're, you're cracking there? No, I don't know. I'm reaching the age. I can feel it. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm an old 29 is the thing. I'm reaching the age where two beers on a podcast would kill me. I think I would just, <laughs> I would just, I'm a sleepy drunk is the problem. Like, yeah, you don't want to lose that energy. I, I have noticed Oh, God. Okay, this is podcasting for a very specific audience. If I start drinking at dinner, I'm a very sleepy drunk. What I have to do is start drinking at breakfast and keep drinking, like, slowly. Like, like portion it out, right? And have, have, like, lots of water and stuff. But if I have, like, a couple Bloody Marys at brunch, I have a beer at lunch, I have a, a beer at dinner maybe... And then, like, a cocktail as dessert. Like, that is, like, the ideal drinking day for me. And I'm feeling really? good the whole day, right? Like, it's pleasant. If I start drinking See, at night, I just get sleepy and it's terrible. <laughs> that doesn't sound particularly good to me, but that's just because I don't really enjoy drinking all that much. It's different it for different people. It makes me a little nauseous. Oh, see, As yeah, you that's... remember from that time I threw up in the chips bowl. <laughs> 
The reason I don't remember any of uh, what was that movie? Rocky Horror Picture Show. Rocky Horror Picture Show. All right, listeners. I remember approximately approximately the first five minutes. If if y'all want to get real fucked up on Thanksgiving, here's a drinking game for you. We have tested it. It will get you fucked up. Um, watch Rocky Horror Picture Show. Uh, and get some construction paper. We had brown construction paper, and we cut out a mustache. Right? This is the game that we played. Right? Did we? You only remember the first five minutes. You shut up. This is the game that we played. I don't, I don't remember if we played a game or not. Uh, so we played a drinking game. And this, this is why this happened. Uh, so you, you take the construction paper, and you cut out the shape of a mustache, and you tape the mustache to the screen. We picked a spot that we thought very few characters would appear in. We were wrong. It was like, eh, I don't know, lower right quadrant somewhere. Anytime somebody's face on the screen lines up with a mustache so that it looks like they have a mustache, you take a drink. Rocky Horror Picture Show with that specific drinking game is the drunkest that I have ever been. Same. That messed me up for like... A day and a half. <laughs> I was not having a good time. And this was, was this was in our prime, Jimmy. This was this was like yeah. eight years ago. <laughs> I was what twenty three. Yeah. <laughs> that so, night, I decided that I just don't enjoy being drunk. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all right. Is the thing. Here's the thing that I yeah. uh, that I will well, say. Now I, I know. Not going to do it again. The thing that I that I will say I do like about. American Thanksgiving and uh, European Christmas, if I have to separate the two. The the whole idea around food and drink, unless you're in a family with a weird relationship to this, what does happen, but the goal, I think, is to only do what's going to make you happiest in that moment. Like, it's a very, like, um, uh, oh, what's the... Uh, it, it it's not like a bacchanal necessarily, but it's a very like uh, uh, selfish day, right? It's a it's a mm-hmm. party where you are solely focused on yourself, unless you're the person making food. But that's a that's a different story. Um, so if if you want to drink, you can you can drink, and there's ways to pace it so that you're just having a fun day all day. If you don't want to drink, eh, don't. <laughs> like that's there you go. Do, do the other thing Easy that makes you that. happy. Um, Eat. <laughs> how do you feel about how do you feel about virgin cocktails? Or, I don't know if I've had mocktails. enough to like say one way or the other. I found that I like them, but I only like the blended ones, like daiquiris, mm. or like a virgin pina colada. Mm. Hits See, the those spot. are t- those are just tasty drinks normally. Mm-hmm. So I feel like what you're describing is just like fancy juice. Which is I mean, yeah, fine kind, by me. Yeah, kinda. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> and I'm a fan of juice, so yeah. Well, there we are. Um, I've diverted us enough. I'm so sorry. Uh, do you want to introduce what we're doing for, for this episode? We do have a structure. Sure. <laughs> we do have a structure. I've just been talking a lot. I'm 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 hyped on Thanksgiving and tango. It's time to discuss what we're thankful for in Yu-Gi-Oh. Aww. Aww. This is our Thanksgiving special, which we're tentatively calling Thanksgiving, which I think is pretty good. You need no, no, no. You need to do it like the intro to the show. You need to, you need to like yell it. Oh God! Thanksgiving. I saw you wind up for that's that. Right. I got scared. That was really good. No, I like that. That was that was good. <laughs> 
Okay, explain what Thanksgivingio is. These are the top five we've gone through. We've thought about the last year, and we wrote about the top five Yu-Gi-Oh moments that we're thankful for. Yeah, which is a silly concept, but we've been watching this TV show for a long time, so we might as well and like be thankful for parts of it anyway. Yeah, we're coming up on three years of this podcast, Jimmy. That's an insane to me. <laughs> Uh, I, I was doing some research leading up to, to preparing for this episode. I was trying to figure out where we were one calendar year, uh, from now in the, in the past. (laughs) What am I trying to say? One year ago, where, where were we in the show? We have a word for (laughs) one year ahead of us in the past. It's three letters. Oh, God damn it. All right. Um, How many beers have you had? Just honest to God, just the one. I am just in such a headspace today. Um, So I was looking at what episode we were watching one year ago. This time last year, we were at, Jimmy, what I know to be one of your favorite episodes. And that was Joey's duel against Mako Tsunami in Battle City. This is the episode where actual Shamu the whale had an appearance. Fuck, I forgot Shamu was in this episode. <laughs> I think Shamu. I should is... have put that as one of my moments. I think that Shamu is... Shamu the whale is canonical in <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh the show. I think Shamu is at least an honorable mention for the both of us. Yes. So shout outs to Shamu. Is it th- also, man, that feels like an eternity ago, right? Like so much has happened since then, and. So much of it has happened in like a, in a way that didn't seem possible in Battle City, if that makes sense. Like we've got so much like virtual stuff and magic stuff and and blimp yeah, stuff. Yeah, giant like blimps and underwater, whatever the hell the super carrier thing is that they're in. Oh yeah, yeah. What do we call? Uh, is it just Noah's Ark? Is that what we're calling it? Might as well. They haven't named it or like talked about it at all. It's just a giant submarine that has a blimp bay. The the Noah's Ark is as good as any. Yeah, I was gonna try and come up with some sort of clever portmanteau, but it'll it'll come to me later. <laughs> with two of every dual monster. <laughs> I should hope more than that. <laughs> um, but okay, so that at least gives us like a spot, right? Of there's there's one year ago think of everything that we've done since then everything that yugi and the gang have been through what are the five things that we're thankful for in that year um we've borne witness to we have them uh i'm looking at your notes too now we have them in order from five to one where i'm assuming we did this the same way one is the thing we're most thankful for okay yes cool 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 no five is the one that i'm five times more thankful for (laughs) sometimes people do shit that way and i just wanted to make sure uh that is offensive to me i've known you a long time and sometimes you surprise me um okay so what we're gonna do is we're gonna take turns doing a, a sort of number by number we'll chat a bit about each uh until we're done okay Let's go. Uh, do you want to do your number five thing that you're thankful for? Sure. I'm thankful for that in this season, um, 
we get to be in this digital world, and I think it's very good for the show because in this season, uh, for the duels, it lets the writers basically do anything they want, and there's no like consequences for it. You can, they give the big five superpowers, so they fly around. Sure, why not? They launch a laser satellite into the air and shoot Kaiba without causing World War Three. Sure, like imagine if. That had happened, like, in Battle City, where this, like, holographic rocket had launched into the frickin' orbit around the actual planet Earth. That We would be in a 99 Luftballoon scenario right now, where a holographic... <laughs> this holographic card game rocket would have set off World War Three. Yeah. Hypocorp yeah. would have been uh, federalized by the government into making <laughs> tanks. If it was still there, it could have been just blown off the face of the earth. Right. Kaiba. But no, this is. Kaiba just buys America. <laughs> Kaiba just buys America. But since they're in this virtual world, anything goes. They can have like satellites. And I feel like because of that, I feel like there's a lot of cards that they can play only in the virtual world. Mm. Because uh, if they had just launched like. If Lecter had been doing dueling with just like the dual disc system out in the world, the, the, no one would have been able to see the satellite or what it was doing. It would like hover maybe ten feet off the the ground. That's not fun. Yeah. But here we get to see this whole like light show and like the rocket launch and all that cool animation they did of putting the satellite into orbit. Finally, for this season, this show can finally finally fully embrace the anything goes bullshit of the duels without completely wrecking the plot. And I think it's a it's a fun concept. It'll be interesting to see where they go from here once they get out of this uh this Tron world. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, it, at some point, according to the season's like title, they have to enter the shadow realm. At some point they have to enter the shadow realm. Because that's what they say in the season. So I hopefully they're gonna go get into some weird magical shit. Mm. Um, we can talk about this later, but going straight from this like sci-fi world to going heavy in the magic aspect of the show is going to be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious to see how that happens. If it happens. <laughs> if it happens. They could, as, as we've seen before in the show many times, they could just subvert our expectations and just tell us the, the viewers to fuck off. We're not doing anything that interesting or fun. <laughs> right. <laughs> there's always that that option there's always room for disappointment what's your number five though my number five is actually really similar um because it's something that i think is only possible in uh the virtual world for for plot reasons i guess more than like physical possibility reasons my number five was that that you remember that moment that blissful perfect moment when we all thought Tristan had died. When he fell into the giant <laughs> vat of radioactive waste. Right. When he, when he sacrificed himself to save his friends, even though he definitely didn't need to, and fell into the vat of radioactive waste, and Nesbitt says, well, oh well, I guess I got that body. <laughs> and, and we all just kind of like sat there and thought, wait a second. He shows up later on in the show, right? He can't be... Is he dead? Is he this... just kill off this main character. Wait, like, wait a second. Hey, Fighting hold, a robot man. Hold the virtual phone. 
And I'm just so thankful that we had that moment where we thought that there could be lasting consequences in this world. Tristan dies in Neopets. Tristan dies in real life. <laughs> he does kind of look like a Neopet now with the monkey body. <laughs> he is a Neopet. Uh, I, 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 like, I know that's the thing, right? Is I know that moment was short-lived and I know that we're back to normal Yu-Gi-Oh bullshit. I think actually like, the the other thing that this makes me think of that I'm not thankful for is the fact that Bones did die. Oh yeah, <laughs> and is in hell. Poor Bones. <laughs> um, but hell is a a place on Earth. Hell is other people, as they say. Uh, so maybe we'll see Bones again. Uh, how about your number four? <laughs> that doesn't sound very thankful. That just sounds depressing. I'm so, no, no, no okay. I was I was thankful for the brief glimmer of hope that there might be lasting consequences in this world, and I'm I'm so thankful that it happened <laughs> when we thought Tristan died. <laughs> That's so mean. I'm so sorry. I just I loved that moment. I loved that anticipation. That like uh, that like that moment when you're on the roller coaster. I hate roller coasters, but there is this one moment right where you are at the top of the 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 hill. And you look mm-hmm. down and there's that brief like moment of airtime and you look down and it clicks that like, oh, this is like a real thing that's happening to me and I'm about to plummet downward very quickly. And it's just that that like brief, like calm before the storm sort of moment that just like it's a great feeling to have in a show. And I was thankful that we got it here. It's that 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 primitive animal brain sensation of oh shit i'm about to die yeah and then it's like haha this is actually for fun we and we got it with oh shit tristan died <laughs> which is not something i expected of this show uh how about your number four my number four tyler uh is that uh the thing I like about this show, especially now, is that this is a world where magic exists, mm-hmm. but it's also a world where sci-fi stuff exists, and usually it's one or the other. You have like two distinct genres of sci-fi or fantasy, but here these holodecks coexist side by side with like ancient, like real Egyptian magic. Hackers coexist with these like ancient temple monks that have been guarding a tomb for. 5,000 years. The weird guy who likes bugs can go into a duel up against a guy who can literally, like, turn invisible. And I love when a sci-fi setting is secretly a fantasy setting and when a fantasy setting is secretly a sci-fi setting. But, I don't know, Yu-Gi-Oh! surprised me because it's both. Mm, It's both sci-fi and fantasy. And I don't think we get that enough in media these days. Or just in general. I'm trying to think of other things that are both magic and sci-fi yeah Um, and there's not a whole lot coming to mind we get it we get it certainly more in cartoons than in live action stuff like Mm -hmm. i think tech well i was about to say steven universe kind of fits that description Mm -hmm. but i don't know maybe they explain the magic too much the the thing that came immediately to mind when you mentioned both like holodeck and ancient magic uh this is a movie that i recommend for anyone who hasn't seen it yet stargate not the show oh, yeah, stargate. the movie because that gets into this a little bit 
and well, it's kind of like also it's about Egypt. Thor. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> and Thor. Yeah, for sure. You know, I finally watched the... Thor Ragnarok. Like oh, really? two I weeks ago. Thought, didn't know you hadn't seen it yet. Yeah, I, I hadn't really been putting it off for any particular reason. I just never got around to it. So finally watched it. It's pretty good. It's a fun movie. Yeah. I like it a lot. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, what what would you say? I want to dive into this a little bit more. Like, what would you say is your favorite moment of, like, magic interacting with sci-fi? Or maybe maybe if, if they don't interact, like, like, what are your favorite? Just, like, in general? Yeah, well, like, in, in the show. in this show. Gosh, I don't think we've seen a whole lot of that interaction yet. I feel like we're going to get there pretty soon now that Merrick is back out and about. Mm-hmm. Um, because magic interacting with sci-fi is, I don't know, we, we, I, interacting with that, I think we haven't seen a whole lot of yet. Mm. I think the potential is there, but, um, I don't know. We need to see more of what the Pharaoh is doing and how the Pharaoh is reacting to this. Like the Pharaoh is taking all of this in stride. Which is kind of surprising me. I mean, he's seen some shit in his 5,000 years. He's seen some shit, but this is some real shit. <laughs> this is virtual shit, Jimmy. <laughs> this is virtual shit. This is not, not real shit. As opposed to the real shit in the virtual world, which we did talk about a couple episodes ago. <laughs> uh, I think the only time that I can think of recently anyway is with the Egyptian god cards. And I've really liked that. Mm-hmm. Where like... Uh, you know, they'll summon an Egyptian god card and Kaiba is like, well, yeah, it's a hologram, but then also it's... Yeah, that was the only thing I could think of when they summon the Egyptian god cards and then, like, the hologram emitters themselves start to, like, malfunction and then, like, there's actual lightning. Yeah. And, like, storms being summoned. Yeah, yeah, like when uh, when Strings plays Slifer and the weather changes... Mm-hmm. That shit's really good. It's just that we haven't seen much of that in this season, but it does. It has been since the last year, so yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Nice. What's your number? Uh, your number four. My number four is that <laughs> again. This is one of those moments that I'm so thankful that we had, and I'm waiting for them to like. I'm waiting for the payoff. You know, I'm thankful for the punchline. Uh. Mm. <laughs> It was that moment. <laughs> it's that moment in season two. I, I get the giggles just thinking about it. That moment in season two where Kaiba and Mokuba are trying to translate the the ancient hieratic text on the winged dragon of Ra. Oh yeah, the ancient text that only like a certain offshoot of this one branch of this like secret order knows how to read yeah that like only the ancient order of tomb keepers can translate uh and mokuba is like using the computer to translate it and he's got parts of it but he can't get the last line and then and this is the part that i'm i'm so thankful that we had it's this shot where kaiba puts his hands on the desk and he leans into the computer and he goes i can read it and, and then he, I forget exactly what he says, but he's like, I can't explain why, but suddenly the text is translated before my very eyes. I know Kung Fu. <laughs> Whoa. 
And it's just that moment where he realizes that he can read this ancient hieratic text with like no training or whatever. It's just some like, uh, like Assassin's Creed animus style, like a bleed effect learning from a past life of his apparently. Yeah. I, uh, can I hop off of your number four? Please. Here. Cause yours flows perfectly into my number three, which is that it is extremely funny to me. That Kaiba is apparently like a reincarnation of an ancient priest, but he is doing everything in his power to ignore this mm-hmm. and like actively fight against the even just the concept of it. I I <sighs> think about this so much where Kaiba is like we got that flashback, right, of like Kaiba as a priest. And of course, we have the stone carving. Do you think ancient priest Kaiba was anti-technology? <laughs> he- he was against the creation of cuneiform tablets. <laughs> the wheel? No, fuck that shit. Get that out of here. <laughs> Ancient Kaiba Corp invented the wheel. <laughs> no, Ka- Ancient Kaiba took over Wheel Corp. <laughs> oh, there it is. From, from Prometheus Wheel, the inventor of the wheel. <laughs> uh, it's just capitalism all the way down. Yeah, yeah it is. anyway, it's just the, Kaiba's personality is so wrapped up in like what he alone has accomplished um, to see that he is just like, oh, he's just like, he also used to be this other person long ago. And that's why he's so good at some of these things. And he's just completely offended by it. Just the right. idea of that it is just hilarious that this is like a main plot point. Yeah, uh, it's. It's not like putting him in his place because he still accomplishes things on his own, but he doesn't feel that way. And I think that's, it's, it's, it's hilarious <laughs> that you can be like the reincarnation of this, like incredibly powerful ancient priest and be like, no, I don't, I don't want to be that. <laughs> I don't want to be somebody's future life. I don't want to believe in magic. No. He's like trying to clap in reverse and say, I don't believe in fairies. <laughs> God. That's really good though. That that brings me a lot yeah. of joy. I'm thankful for that aspect of Kaiba. Alright. You're number three, if you would. My number three is another <laughs> thing that brings me a lot of joy. Also, I don't know if you can hear it. Pepper is uh, sleeping on his little bed behind me and he is full on snoring right now. <laughs> oh. don't, I don't know if it's coming through on the mic. Um, no, I haven't heard him at all. Okay. Uh, if you do hear it, that's what that is. Uh, my number three thing that I am thankful for, Jimmy, is that Crump's dream was to build a theme park about and maybe <laughs> for penguins. Just penguins. Just penguins. The animal. Like, that's the extent of his, like, branding. Penguins. This man was so into penguins that his his plan A was to come to Gozabura Kaiba and pitch, hey, Mr. Weapons Manufacturer, I want to make a theme park about penguins. And he gets shot down. So he goes to Seto Kaiba, Gozabura's stepson. After he takes over the company, he says, hey, kid who I helped take over this company, 
I want to build, get this, a theme park about, wait for it, penguins. And now this kid who took over a weapons company and turned it into a game company says, fuck no. (laughs) (laughs) What the hell are you talking about? Then, uh, in an attempt to get revenge on the kid, this guy... Hello, CEO of Lockheed Martin. Hi, I was wondering if you could finance my penguin theme park. (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. Let me just hit you with this. I know how this sounds. Bear with me. Penguin coaster. How's that sit with you? I feel like it would be very slippery slidey. <laughs> yeah. Actually, yeah, that's the point. Have you yeah. seen penguins? <laughs> I feel like a penguin themed roller coaster that like the cars would have to have some kind of like side to side motion. So when it banks on a turn, you like turn sideways and like drift around the roller coaster. I feel like that's Pe- gotta be a thing, right? Oh, it has to be a thing. Absolutely. That also gave me a very vivid sense memory to playing Roller Coaster Tycoon as a kid. Uh, oh, Roller Coaster Tycoon is the best. I still get the theme, the music that plays on the merry-go-round stuck in my head on occasion. Oh, God. Uh, if anyone's looking for something to watch on Thanksgiving, I'm just going to keep recommending things to do on Thanksgiving. Uh, Marcel Voss, M-A-R-C-E-L-V-O-S is uh, a YouTuber and streamer who only does videos about Roller Coaster Tycoon, and they are very good. Uh, he, he did a video about um, how you can build a queue for a ride that is literally impossible to get into or out of. So, like, you can never get into the ride. Or, no, no, pardon me. It's not the queue. It's the, um, it's the hedge maze. It's a hedge maze oh. that once you enter, you can never leave horrifying yeah 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 yeah. and it's a fascinating video so anyway so marcel voss um but no so crump right has such a passionate dream that he can describe in a sentence and he does several times and i think for some reason because of that he's the least respected villain in the show but actually he's the most organized Does that make sense? Like everybody else yeah, in the show is like, I want to take over the the world with some magic and stuff. For Trump reasons. is the one the one guy who's like, yes, I have a plan. Here's my pitch. Here's all the like financials for it. This is the one thing that I want to do. I've thought about everything, and everyone's just like, hell no, Penguin Man. <laughs> and then he gets trapped in the digital world, and he's like, all right, I guess I'm I'm gonna be a penguin then. I guess I'm going to be a penguin, but I want to stop being a penguin so I can steal a teenager's body. <laughs> but I just, I really appreciate that, that like, uh, you know, if, if the mountain won't come to Muhammad, Muhammad will go to the mountain sort of, sort of mentality. If the penguin theme park won't go to Crump, Crump will go to his penguin brothers and sisters. Yep. Frolic among the wild ones. I also really Tyler, like that to... it's a, it's a theme park for penguins and only, only penguins are allowed in. I'm sorry, go ahead. Speaking, I, I would be remiss for you to mention Roller Coaster Tycoon and not bring up uh, Mr. Bones Wild Ride. You are, of course, familiar with Mr. Bones Wild Ride, are you not? Yes, but remind me. It's this post on, there's screenshots of it online, but it's a post on 4chan of a guy who made uh, this theme park 
in uh, Roller Coaster Tycoon that has a ride called Mr. Bones Wild Ride, where the it like the real time ride time, there, there's no like hills or anything for the roller coaster to go down. It's just okay. flat. Mm-hmm. And so the real time length of this ride is 70 minutes. And it, like it takes 10 in-game months for people to ride to the end of Mr. Bones Wild Ride. <sighs> I have heard of this. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you see the like what the guests in the that <laughs> the window that pops up that has what guests in the park are saying about the different rides and what they're thinking. And like top to bottom, it's just I want to get off Mr. Bones Wild Ride. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get off Mr. Bones' wild ride. Uh, I'm sorry, that reminded me where I was going with the Roller Coaster Tycoon comment. Uh, when you were talking about Penguin Coaster, the penguin-themed roller coaster being slippery and slidey, mm. that reminded me of playing Roller Coaster Tycoon, making a log flume ride. Oh, the log flume, flume rides are fun. And and getting it to where you can get like a like a hill going up and then you remove the piece of track that comes right after that, so they just get, like, kind of a jump. <laughs> and then the, the log flume just kind of goes flying. And if you do it just right, you can you can glitch the game so that they land back in the log flume. You can? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've seen plenty of coasters where the entire goal is to just kill as many people as possible <laughs> by sending them flying to their doom off the end. I love, I love doing that with... Um, uh, like if if you send a roller coaster car, sort of into another roller coaster, but that roller coaster's theme is like flames and destruction, and like this is the hardcore roller coaster, and so it's like a part of the aesthetic that a coaster would be crashing into it. What's uh your number two? <laughs> uh, my number two is that I'm thankful for. The entire concept of the Tomb Keepers. They have a pretty dang cool backstory. I think this is the most... Oh, yeah. One of the most interesting concepts that we've seen in the show so far, which is that Merrick's bloodline has been this secret cult that has guarded the Pharaoh's tomb for millennia. Like, passing it down, found generation to generation. And right when their ancient order actually fulfills its purpose and the Pharaoh awakens... Now their snotty, like, teenage heir to the throne, the heir to the Tomb Keeper line, abandons them and attempts to seize his power for himself. Yeah. While his... And he gets this, like, ancient power while his, uh, his family members are trying to stop him. And I think that's such a, a really interesting twist. And um, there's a lot of, like, interesting conflict that they could do with this and that we've seen in the show so far. I don't know. I, I, I really like the Tomb Keepers and, like, their whole deal. If if you... I'm trying, to, I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this question. I like the idea of, like, having inherited something from, like, your millennia's back ancestors. I'm trying to figure yeah, out, like... Yeah, it's what... not just, like, this is your, your family's thing. But no, this is, like... Like, actual millennia that, like, has been passed down this charge that you have been given and suddenly like you don't want you know in your heart that you don't want that i i have i i can relate to that actually a little bit because i did have a moment like this as a as a young uh uh, teen i think it was like 12 maybe 
uh, where I learned about something that I would inherit from my family's bloodline that I did not want and wanted to rebel and reject. And that was back sweat. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't need to hear that. (laughs) I don't, I don't know that people actually inherit cool things anymore. Right? Like you don't hear about this story. (laughs) You never, Tyler, this will all be yours. (laughs) Guard it carefully. God, just a terrifying, like, vivid memory of my dad and his dad talking about how much they sweat from their backs. And I'm like, oh, God, no. You're going to stick to chairs when you stand up. (laughs) You're Um, going to hate summers, young man. But, like, this is like a quintessential fantasy thing, right? Like, inheriting an ancient power. Like, this doesn't happen in real life. Like, not even with the royal family, right? Like, now it's just like... It's nothing. Well, it's money, I guess. It's not nothing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's just a it's it's a real fun and interesting uh, storyline, and I'm interested to see where it goes. Yeah, I hope it goes somewhere. I hope it goes somewhere, and that the writers do something with it instead of <laughs> shooting themselves in the foot, as they have been known to do. What if Merrick spends the entirety of this season just? punching in numbers into that keypad (laughs) that's all we see of him is him getting foiled by various electronic objects and cursing his lot in life (laughs) he abandoned his tomb for this (laughs) it's just it's just uh uh those like this is what the modern world has given him (laughs) it's just a bunch of those menial puzzles in like an immersive sim game like uh Mm. like the hacking in bioshock and he just can't get the pipes to line up. <laughs> he should have never abandoned his family line. Now you see why we hid from the world for so long, so he wouldn't have to punch in key codes. <laughs> you could have stayed like perfectly safe in your, your tomb and awakened the pharaoh, but no, you had to go out into the real world because you saw a motorcycle... And now you're stuck endlessly punching in numbers for the rest of your life. This is what you get, Merrick. I'm just picturing that meme where it's the two astronauts on the moon and one's holding a gun to the other's head. You know that one? And, and the first one's looking at the Earth, but it's Merrick's head. It's Merrick just saying, you mean it was all just bullshit? And then the, the one holding the gun is the ghost of Merrick's father. <laughs> the the always has guy. been. <laughs> I'm just picturing that meme of like the the first fish to like crawl out of water onto land, and it's like this the the caption is like this m- stupid ass motherfucker crawled out on land and now I have to go to work every day, <laughs> and it's just like a bunch of hands coming in giving like the first <laughs> the first animal the middle finger. <laughs> but th- that but it's the pharaoh. That but it's the pharaoh trying to open this door. <laughs> Uh, that's really good. Yeah, the tomb keepers are right. good. the t- The tomb keepers are, are are fun to play with. I feel like that you could do a lot with that in like a D and D setting. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That would be a hell of a, a role play hook. Anyway, shall we move on to number one? Uh, Maybe. no, I haven't given my number two yet. Oh, right. That's right. We're on number two. 
Jimmy, I got to drop my number two on you. I am going to end this call early, Tyler, if you ever say that again. Yay! Yay! Okay, my (laughs) second favorite thing is that my Valentine, you remember my, one of three female characters in the show for some reason. Uh, four, pardon me, four. I forgot about Serenity. That uh, reminds me of, um, ro- not Robot Chicken Star Wars, Family Guy Star Wars episode where they get to the, the rebel base and Mon Mothma is there and Peter Griffin, who's Han Solo, is like, holy shit, it's a chick. The only other chick <laughs> in the galaxy. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yes, my my Valentine, Valentine was effectively Smartest. engaged to Jean Claude, yeah, smartest character. She was basically engaged to Jean Claude Van Damme. <laughs> pardon me, pardon me. In the show, his name is Jean Claude Magnum. Jean Claude Magnum. Uh, and we learned it. We learned it in the in the episode Lights Camera Duel, <laughs> where <laughs> they're headed to the blimp and suddenly they're attacked by ninjas. And Mai goes, "Oh no, it's my fiance." <laughs> I remember that because doesn't he drive a car out of his own movie poster on the side of a building? <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> John Todd Magnum. And it's it's it, the movie poster is for a movie that's like licensed to ninja. <laughs> God. Uh, it's like the the fake movie posters from Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> Action, oh God. Doctor. Those are the good, good news though. is you're going to live. The bad news is he's going to kill you. <laughs> uh, those are the best Chris Evans posters. God. Did you know... Sorry, brief Chris Evans tangent. Did you know when people in England say Chris Evans, they mean someone different? I, I have heard of this other... This fantastic... British doppelganger of Chris Evans before, yeah. He, he's, Wasn't that the guy who hosted Top Gear? Yeah. After after uh, the, the old guys got fired for punching somebody. After they all got fired. They brought in for... um, some folks who had like guested, I guess, on Top Gear or uh, um, had like hosted it. I think maybe he had hosted it in a different country, maybe. But uh, one of the people they brought in was Chris Evans. <laughs> And so suddenly on Twitter, it was trending Chris Evans hosting Top Gear. And I'm like, they got Captain America for Top Gear? And it was um, it uh, the, the next like group of people they got to host Top Gear was uh, one of them was um, Joey from Friends, uh, Matt LeBlanc. So, so I'm seeing Chris Evans hosting Top Gear. And then I like, oh, I forget about it for a while. And then I see joey from friends hosting top gear and i'm like wait are they just getting americans now and no it turns out that chris evans is a a car guy here okay but what yeah. a random bunch of celebrities yeah um anyway yeah john claude magnum was the tops for me i mean not the tops second from the tops but you got my meaning yeah that was I love that he just showed up for one episode and dropped all this backstory about how Maya used to be like 
a, a professional gambling duelist on a cruise ship. Yeah. And then he just went away. And they had a and they had like a bet where he was like, if I beat you, you're gonna marry me. And she was like, All right. For okay. some reason. Because she yes, thought she was gonna win. And then she to. didn't win, and then she welched on the bet. I don't really understand what happened there. I forget because it doesn't matter. It does not matter. Joey wanted his autograph. That was pretty good. Poor Mai. I hope Poor she gets Mai. out of the uh, the Shadow Realm soon. Well, they have to enter the Shadow Realm. <laughs> they do at some point, presumably have to enter the Shadow Realm. So presumably they will also get Mai out of there. We'll, we'll see what happens. Uh... No, I actually, I know some spoilers about what happens to Mai uh, because of the video game that I played. Uh, and, uh, woof, 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 oh boy. Hmm. Uh, all right, Jimmy, let's go to our number one most thankful for thing. What is your number one? Tyler, I mentioned this. It was my favorite part of the episode when we watched it, and it's. I think my favorite part of the show from last year, but the whole part where these Egyptian god monsters are so powerful that they can manifest in the world by someone just making cards in their image is such just a just a really cool and interesting concept that we see how powerful these cards are. And we like in the previous seasons, we saw how dual monsters are representations of like actual ancient spirits that these people dogfighted against each other. <laughs> But here they have, like, actual Egyptian gods that are so powerful that just, like, they can be summoned from their imprisonment in another plane of reality. That if you just, like, make a children's card with a picture of them on there, they'll frickin', like, manifest outside your apartment building and kill you dead. God, yes! God. That shot, what, what that a- shot of Slifer... Cur- like coiled around. around the building so good it, it was such a good shot and it's just such an iconic shot one of the few really really good like shits going down moments of the show and i can't wait to see some more of this going on yeah yeah it- i assume if you like tried to summon the egyptian god monster cards in the virtual realm the entire ship they're on would just blow up. <laughs> so they shouldn't. They should. They should do it. <laughs> it's, it'd be like uh, that comic of someone like in the in the Pokemon world and they're just like hanging out on a plane. And like the guy's sitting next to another trainer on the plane was like, oh, hey, what kind of Pokemon you got? Can I see? And he's like, sure, I'll hand you my Pokeball. Wait, don't. And he like presses a button and like Waylord comes out and splits <laughs> the plane in half. <laughs> It'd be like that, except for, like, a thousand feet under the ocean. Yeah. I mean... Anyway, the, this... Like, we we already saw what happens when you bring out Exodia, but, like, Exodia's power apparently pales in comparison to these Egyptian god cards. Yeah. Yeah. It's neat. Exodia's I, just, I don't like... know what more to say about it. By, by comparison, Exodia is just like a dude. Yeah, he's forbidden. He's he's you the need forbidden all his body one. Parts. He's he's forbidden from ever showing up in the show again. 
We saw his head that one time. We did. I I really wanted to add that to my list, but that was just outside a year ago. Ah, uh, we missed it by like a few weeks. That that's a, that's an honorable mention of mine. Is that one rare hunter who could only play Exodia's head? Who had all Exodias? As it turns out, Exodia isn't rare at all. It's just that this guy bought up every copy of Exodia. Right. <laughs> um. Yeah, the thing about the Egyptian god cards, just thinking about them now, like, that was really the first moment in Yu-Gi-Oh! where we were watching it, and I remember both of us feeling this way, like, thinking, no, there's no way they're going to do this, like, with the, with with this this character, this group of characters, these, these cards. There's no way they're going to do something cool with these. And then, like... They keep teasing little small cool things, and then just all of a sudden, here they are, like manifesting in real life through these pictures. And for myself, I was like, back in my seat, like, whoa, like holy shit, this is yeah. They f- they really fulfill the promise of like the idea of dual monsters being like having the these like actual like demons that have mm-hmm. actual power to them. Yeah. Like the other cards, you just play a card, the guy comes out, it's like, who cares? Blue Eyes White Dragon is based on a real dragon? Okay, whatever. All right. But these things, like, another th- part of them that I just remembered was that how they were trying to make, like, bootleg copies of these cards to, like, steal a little bit of that power. Oh, God, it, yeah. Do you remember that? And it anchored um, Ra. The winged dragon of Ra. Yeah, yeah. And it uh, completely backfired on what's his name because they're like creating the like false image of these gods, like actually pissed him off. It had the same vibe as like in Full Metal Alchemist. Spoilers for Full Metal Alchemist when uh, they uncover that people are trying to make a philosopher's stone and like. The thing is, is when they started trying to make it, they didn't realize how many people they would have to sacrifice. Because it's, like, fed by blood and souls. Mm-hmm. And it's like, like, oh, shit. The entire li- country is, like, based around the idea of trying to, like, obtain this ultimate power. Right, but, uh, right. Like, horrible, horrible cost. And then, and Merrick basically had to make a company that was dedicated to testing these bootleg cards. And they, like, as a necessity, had to lose people in the process because it angered a god. <laughs> Yeah, and then they, like, he summoned, like, false uh, winged dragon of Ra, and he came out all, like, dark and fucked up looking. Oh, yeah. Like, he was only, like, partially there. Yeah. He was just, like, part in shadow. Oh, yeah, and then both um, Odeon and Joey got struck by lightning. Yeah. That was in the, the opening of the show. God, that's, that's how some powerful good it, shit. it was. That was some good shit. That was some choice Yu-Gi-Oh. and now we're we've had as much as i like the virtual world like we we've had this whole like half a season of them just fucking around in a computer instead of like getting to the the good stuff yeah well it's like you were saying earlier like it's cool that we have both like virtual world stuff and magic stuff now just like mm-hmm. two two great tastes bet they taste yeah. real great together please put the peanut butter in the chocolate <laughs> I I want to I want to see I want to taste it. <laughs> uh, give it. I to want me. those Reese's peanut butter cups. 
Give me those. We actually sweet... have some of those left over from Halloween. Um, oh, dang. Sweet techno magic peanut butter cups. <laughs> techno magic. Magitech. Love that All uh, right. Daft Punk song. Let's go. Number one, Tyler. All right. My number one. Here's the thing that I am the most thankful for over the whole last year of Yu-Gi-Oh! Since the middle of Battle City. Here's what I'm the most thankful for. Jimmy, I am the most thankful that this season, season three of Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Monsters, Enter the Shadow Realm, that we haven't seen not one single shot of Grandpa at all. (laughs) The reason that I'm thankful for that is that probably means that he is safe. Aw, Grandpa. I just want Grandpa to be safe this season. Grandpa's been through a lot. Yeah, he's he's been put inside a VHS tape. He's been hospitalized. Now he's been watching his grandson do well in this like worldwide broadcast of a duel. And he gets to be proud of him. And he probably still thinks that they're like on the way to the finals. He's probably just like, Sitting at home, like, sweeping the floor of the game store, being like, Oh, I can't wait until I get to see my grandson on the TV again. In his final duel. Oh, I'm so proud of him. (laughs) I wonder if he's taking care of my special card. (laughs) I wonder if he's taking care of my blue-eyes white dragon. No, he didn't give him that shit. He he kept it, right? Yeah. It got ripped up by Kaiba. Yeah, but didn't he... Didn't he keep he the halves? He taped it back up, doesn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's still got that. But yeah, like... I hope I he's just taking want... care of the, like, ancient evil spirit that he keeps in a necklace. <laughs> I really just want, like, a beach episode. I hope he's been feeding the pharaoh. <laughs> I, I want a beach episode of the show where, like, everything's <laughs> fine, and it's just Grandpa, like, puttering around town doing errands. A day in the life of Grandpa? Yeah. And like nothing Grandpa's, happens. What's his, his name is Solomon Moto, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's a hell of a name. A day in the life of Solomon Moto. I just want to be like, you know, be getting the groceries and picking up the mail. <laughs> Creeping on young teenage girls. Oh, God. Well, yeah. Okay, fine. There is that <laughs> about Grandpa. Yes. Tr- true. True. Compared to other anime grandpas, it is not that bad. <laughs> I can't believe I'm... Uh, it's still bad. It's still bad. Don't get me wrong. But I'm glad that there is an elderly person in this show who is finally safe. Yeah. For now. For Yes, of course. That is the constant caveat in Yu-Gi-Oh! For now. I hope you remember to poke holes in the top of the Millennium Puzzle so the Pharaoh can breathe. <laughs> uh, oh, Grandpa grandpa all right that's the end of our lists yay we did it i'm all thanked out i'm all thank i'm not i'm not quite thanked out jimmy i do have i have some more thankfulness to get through because i reached out to the discord uh heart of the dot cards slash discord has been popping off and I, I asked folks what I reached they... out to the Discord. Sounds like something uh, a D&D character would say right before they summoned an Eldritch God. 
Ooh, yeah. <laughs> All right, roll a roll a dexterity check for me as you <laughs> extend your hand towards the the portal of discord. The chaos beyond dimensions. <laughs> Uh, so I, I, I asked folks to uh, tell us what they're thankful for, either in Yu-Gi-Oh! or in our podcast. Got a few responses, uh, and uh, let's let's read through them. I'm scrolling through right now to make sure I haven't missed anything. Shlafshaf, I think I'm pronouncing that right. S-C-H-L-A-F-S-C-H-A-F. Shlafshaf? I'm going to say Shlafshaf. Shlafshaf says, I'm thankful for the Kaiba blimp literally carrying the show on its back for a good chunk <laughs> of season two. Simi, uh, a.k.a. the architect, replied, I'm thankful for official dueling altitude. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't we all? Simi also said, I'm thankful for the heart of the cards being an absolute dick to everyone else who also probably believes in themselves and their deck uh, uh, just because they aren't a main character. Yeah, it is kind of rigged in Yugi's favor, huh? Because he, I wonder if it's because he has two boys inside him, and so he believes in the heart of the cards twice as much. Technically, he now has two and a half boys, because I just oh, remembered right. Bakura's in there. <laughs> Bakura is also in there. A lot of boys in that boy. So he's going to win card games even harder. Right, so much heart. They all believe in the heart of the cards. Uh uh i'm scrolling through here schlafshop also mentions uh i'm thankful for pepper no snarky joke i just think he's a cute dog can confirm he is a cute dog 11 go on out of 10. instagram go to at dr sergeant pepper sergeant spelled the the british way like like s-e-r-g-e-a-n-t uh uh dab says i'm thankful for jimmy wins four which tyler definitely misnumbered but we love him anyway uh, I'm so, also thankful for Jimmy wins. <laughs> so I I was confused by that one. Uh, it was my because... idea. Good job, me. <laughs> so I I named I, I I named it four. I numbered it Jimmy wins four because we had talked about Jimmy wins three being the uh, the hardbound edition, <laughs> and so then Jimmy wins four would be the online edition. And so it looks like Simi was also confused because Simi asked, I just like to think he numbered it four because we had so much talk about it one day. Just skip to the next one. And then Dab says, no, he numbered it one, two, few. You activated my podcast season three, Yu-Gi-Oh! Not season two, colon, enter the task dungeon is Jimmy wins four. (laughs) (laughs) Which I can't say is wrong. (laughs) I've been winning a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's um, you know, it's been an uphill struggle for me. Uh, let's see, I'm gonna scroll down here a little bit. Um, uh, where are we at? Katie did sixteen says, "Can I just share that I am grateful for a silly, goofy, nostalgic podcast, especially during this absolute shit show of a year?" Bravo, Aww. gentlemen. Thank you, Katie. Thank you. Uh, and uh let's see what else do we have oh sorry one more thing here simi also left some pretty good slogans that i like uh remember when yugi attacked the moon kaiba corp remembers remember when bad kura and pegasus had a millennium laser battle duelist kingdom remembers (laughs) remember when lauren got so enamored with anatomy that she gave the win to jimmy despite saying tyler fulfilled the requirements better 
Mayor Simi remembers. <laughs> Parentheses, Lauren is awesome, and this should not be taken as criticism. Uh, remember how the Battle City Finals ended? No, you don't, because we took a hard left turn before the finals. <laughs> we haven't seen them yet. <laughs> uh, yeah, so thank you all for, for commenting. I, in general, outside of Yu-Gi-Oh!, I am very thankful for everyone who's been enjoying the show. And I'm also really thankful uh, to you, Jimmy, and to High Commissioner Lauren, who's not here, uh, for like still wanting to make it with me. <laughs> this is one of those things that like it started this way, and it still feels this way every week. Where I think, man, this is a dumb idea. Like, woof, this is just the worst idea. <laughs> but let's let's do it. And then like every week, it is still one of the most fun things that I've done that week. Even like like pre pre pandemic and everything, right? Like this is the most fun that I have really any given week. Uh, so I just wanted to say thank you for continuing to enable me, <laughs> Tyler. I'm thankful that you are my friend. I'm thankful that uh, you and Lauren are safe and have been this whole year. Um, I'm thankful that we have a stupid conversation about card games, and then like other people actually want to listen to that. Thank you to our listeners. Because from my perspective, I just sit down, I talk to Tyler, I send him an audio file, and then, like, other people, like, comment on it. I'm like, who are you people? It's like that, (laughs) that, uh, the clip of, um, uh, Patrick Starr, like, walking up to his rock and there's all the eyeballs underneath it. (laughs) Like, who are you people? It's, um, but I'm it's, grateful you're here. Thank you. It's that clip from The been... Office where uh, they're at the like Dave and Buster's or wherever, and Dwight is looking off camera, and Angela like sneaks <laughs> up behind him and says hi, and he goes fuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's me to the Discord. <laughs> uh, I am thankful that we have an email that you can reach us at. You activated my podcast at gmail.com. I'm thankful for everyone who has ever emailed us. I actually had to go back and look. I think I've written down everyone's names here. So thank you to Simi, who I've mentioned already, Dab, I've mentioned already, Thomas, James, King Boomy, Mac, uh, who's still the one only guest we've had on the show, uh, Zach, Steven, who made an amazing trailer that we still need to finish making a graphic for so we can post it on Twitter, uh, Bailey, Brent, David, I think that's everybody. If I missed you and you wrote in, thank you for writing in. I really do appreciate it. Um, and again, thank you for everyone on the Discord, heartofthe.cards slash Discord. Um, our website's heartofthe.cards. Before we close out, Jimmy, I've made a few recommendations for Thanksgiving. Are, is there anything else that you like? really want to encourage people to be doing today? Uh, spend time with people you care about. Maybe not in real life, but I know I'm planning to uh, cook some hot food and hop on a video call with a lot of my friends. And earlier in the day, I'm also going to be hanging out with a, on a video call with some of my family. Nice. So if there's people that uh, you wish you could spend time with but can't, uh, you still can. Yeah. And I would encourage you to do that. Make this day your own. Yeah, make this day your own. I like that. Uh, I know Zoom, the the popular video call software, usually for a free account has like an hour limit per call. I think, but on Thanksgiving, minutes. so on the if you're listening to this the day it comes out today, there is no limit. You can set which that. That was really nice. Set that up and go about your business. You don't have to. Yeah. Think about it. Yeah. 
Uh, I'm going to recommend watching movies with people. Uh, there's, you know, apps out there like Netflix watch party or like Disney plus has a built in feature now where you can watch with other people. Um, as a, a tradition every year, I watch Paul Blart mall cop two. I watch it on my own because Lauren will not watch Paul Blart mall cop two with me anymore. Smart move, Lauren. One was too many for her. I'm thankful Lauren has a good head on her shoulders. <laughs> Uh, but I, I, I watch it, and then uh, on Thanksgiving, I'll be listening to Till Death Do Us Blart, uh, the podcast with the McElroy brothers and uh, Tim and Guy from uh, Worst Idea of All Time, where they watch Paul Blart Mock Up 2 and then talk about it. Mm-hmm. I'm thankful that I'm getting like three days off this week. That's nice. That's really yeah. nice. I wasn't expecting that. Nice long it's weekend. Like one of the only times that in the history of the TV show that I work on that our host has gotten like time off too. So, wow. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Make the most of it. Spend spend some virtual time with family. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Unless you have anything else. I think, I think I'm all thanked out. Let's, let's wrap it up. Fuck this shit. No longer (laughs) thankful. uh, I'm out. Now we're angry. <laughs> uh, all right. Thanks again, everybody, for listening. I hope that you have a good day. Um, as always, you can visit our website, heartofthe.cards. I know I've said this already. Um, go I still can't believe and... we have that address. <laughs> go, go and uh, look at the links in the show notes, um, especially on days like today. It's important to educate yourself about the history of uh, uh, Native American people and indigenous peoples in the Americas, uh, because like I said at the beginning of the show, this is a weird holiday that celebrates Yikes. colonization, and that part of it is not great. So maybe counteract that a bit by going and, and getting educated if you're not already. Um, yeah, I hope you have a really great day. Like, take I care of yourself. Uh, uh, do, do, do a good thing. <laughs> do a good thing. I don't know where I was going with that sentence. Um, and Remember that families uh, next week, are not just people you're related to. Found families count very much so. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, all right. Signing off from your dad and your dunkle. <laughs> We're going to have to call that the episode title, Your Dad and Your Dunkle. <laughs> God. Uh, until next time. Thanksgiving.